welcome to the Bethany Shipley Show. All right, I'm so excited and I'm selfishly excited because I'm finally feeling good enough in my pregnancy that I'm like, we had, I don't know, like a month pause, but I'm here in the office with my brother, Josh, who is, Josh, how old are you? I'm 23. 23. Okay, so we have, what, four years in between us? Okay, um, 23 years old, uh, lives in Kansas City, Missouri, I and mean, I'm not going to steal the show with your story, but thank you for spending your Tuesday morning. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've been, I've been actually so excited for this. It's, a, it's been a dream to do a podcast. I feel like so, uh, you know, taken care of, you know, like, like important, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, you are. Podcast with me. That's you epic. are. Um, and also, like, I think it's so cool that. Did you really, like, want to be on a podcast? Yeah. I mean, I have, I have like, these crazy conversations with my friends, and every time I think to myself, I'm like, man, if, if that were recorded, one, I'd, I'd probably lose some friends, but I'd also gain some, <laughs> gain some listeners, you know, because um, we'll go, because <laughs> we go into, like, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Well, it sounds like you have something to say. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing planned, but yeah, we'll see what we get into. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. You had a rough coming into the world experience. Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. Bonked my nose real hard. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But mom, uh, mom shared that it was a uh, it was a rough time for us both. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I definitely I try and use that to my advantage and make people feel real bad. And, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for those listening, basically. Um, a really long, like at the very end of giving birth, there's this period of time called transition. And that's when everything is really intense because the baby's head is moving down through the birth canal. And it's actually, uh, like less, it's actually more intense than actually pushing the baby out. So I feel like that was a misconception that I didn't realize. Like the pushing the baby out isn't the hard part. It's the moving through. So Josh's head was lodged. (laughs) Well, I was born feet first, face up. No, okay. So I think you're wrong. And I think what that means is face up being like your eyes would look into mom's eyes as you were born. You, oh, face, rather than head down, like that. Right, head so head was still down, but your eyes wouldn't have been pointed to her back. Right. Uh, I could be wrong. Well, because she, she explained it to me that I was, basically, it was I hit my the bottom of my nose on her pelvic bone and bruised my nose, so I'm pretty sure I was coming out All right. face up. Let's calm on right now. Oh, we're going to have a We're going to have a, a lot. We got to know. We got to know, because if you came out... If you came out, okay, let's, hopefully, she's probably, she's so busy, but here yeah, we go. I feel like I'm on Oprah or something. We're about to figure out who the dad is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mom. Hey, quick question for you. Was Josh, was Josh born breech? No. Okay, so he was head first. He was head first, but he was, um, so imagine he was, they call it sunny side up. Yeah. So his face was up. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I learned well, something new about okay. myself. This is great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so now that we have that uh, discussion solved, so tell us what are some of your first memories? What are your, like, how early back do you remember? 
I I don't know an exact I don't know an exact age, but I I vaguely remember um, being with mom in the rocking chair. I remember like being rocked to sleep. That's probably my earliest memory. It's just sort of like a you had to be little. I, yeah, I think that that was like I think that was pretty early on because I I wasn't able to I don't think I was able to speak at that point. I don't think I. I, That's so early. Yeah, I, it's a very, it's sort of like a dream memory. My first, like, real sort of memory memory, it was actually, um, I don't know if you recall, I used to hold things for, yes. you know, the whole day I would hold, like, a penny in my hand or something, and then I, yes. at the end of the day I would kind of, like, unclench this Aww. sweaty sort of penny <laughs> or maybe a, maybe a rock, maybe something like that, but I, I think that... Um, that that was probably one of my earliest memories too. It's just like uh, this feeling of like holding on to a to an item to, to a small item. And when you look back at that now, do you see like any ties of like, oh, that's something that you needed? That was some like that energy of like having security. It was absolutely a security thing. I don't, I don't, I still don't know why I needed that at all. But it's, I guess, it was some sort of. Um, consistent check-in for, like, throughout the day, you know, it's like, I have this. Do I still have my penny? I guess, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I guess I just found it to be, like, something that was valuable or special, and I would just, whatever it was, I just would, I would lose track of it. I wouldn't even be thinking about it. I would just, <laughs> my hand would just be shut. It's so cute. I was, like, a little clam, you know? And yeah. it's like, I got to find out each day what the pearl was. Like, what did I pick up this morning? <laughs> oh. And, yeah. yeah, and you, he was such, you were such a... Um, like in your world, in your, really your own world as a kid. And that's what I loved watching you play. I mean, I was only like at this point, probably like eight. Mm. So you're four. That would be yeah. about where Lennon's at. So, yeah, totally. um, and just watching you play and like, you were so meticulous with all the little things, you know, like the, again, like the little penny or like watching the little ants walk yeah. by or yeah. in just the innocence of you. <laughs> Is just so. I think that's why your dad's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And he will openly say you were the cutest. Well, I remember. Yeah, I think I think it all it all kind of clicked for uh, for us when <laughs> I think you you know how when the kid like kids are doing something and you kind of frantically respond and you're like you no don't do that or whatever. Right. I think I, I remember a time with him where he. He did that for some reason in the car, but I was so caught off guard, and I was like, I'm sorry, you know, and, oh. he, and it just, like, broke his heart that yeah. he, like, would, like, you know, Rebuked tried, you. To, like, re- tried to get in there, and then and then I was just, like, super sorry, and I remember him just saying that, like, in that moment, like, he was, like, he totally got something about me, which was, like, that I'm not really trying to, at least as a kid, I wasn't really trying to get away with anything too much. I was just trying to... Totally. I was just trying to get along. And it was probably hard for Dad because, I mean, obviously, he's got his adult life that at that moment you have no idea about. But then, you know, he's got, like, other children who are (laughs) always trying to get away with things. Who have different needs. Yeah. Yeah. You've already interviewed Jordan here, right? Yeah, and we didn't talk a lot about... I don't feel like we talked enough about that, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was definitely some some differences in... uh, 
and needs as kids, I think. Totally. So then, uh, one of my first memories, or I don't know, not first, but my, my memories of you is watching mom read a book to you and you were playing with your little item that you had in that day. It was a quarter. Oh, nice. Above your head. And then it fell in your mouth and then you swallowed it. You were there for that? Yeah, I was there. You were reading the little, the little puppy book. Really? And I remember thinking, oh, goodness. Like, this is, you know, a miracle that the quarter went through your throat. It it literally was like nothing, it was like (laughs) nothing happened. It just fell in and I swallowed it in one second. And it was like nothing, there was no in-between. It was so strange. And what's weird is I have, I know how memory, memory is very strange, you can't trust it. Uh, That's the thing, I'm like, did I actually watch it or is it my mind's eye? I have it that I was alone. On, oh, no. on mom's bed, okay. like without anyone there, and I had to like go out there and tell mom. Like I was like, I swallowed a quarter. Okay, well, who knows? Well, well, you were in mom and dad's bed in yeah. Defuniac, right? Um, Mossy head, or is that not clear for you? It's not clear for me. I thought was it was it a red room. It was. Well, let's be honest. Every room my mom and yeah. mom and dad had when we were kids was like burgundy. I, it was definitely a burgundy room. <laughs> With burgundy accented, like, um, yeah. like bed. The spread. gold and, like, oh, my god. Yeah, goodness. the paisley spread. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, why is that so funny? It's, like, nostalgic yeah, to absolutely. remember. No, I think it was actually, um, it was the Ryan Roadhouse, I think. Okay, so I remembered it as Mossy Head, but who knows? So, yeah, so then was that, do you remember being, like, scared? That was probably your first experience with, like, medical... I, well, and the thing is, it happened so fast, and so, without any kind of, like, uh, at, like, I didn't think I was choking at all, you know, it just yeah. all happened so fast that it was more, like, a funny thing that happened, and it was, like, funny to get the x-rays where I could see a quarter in my stomach, and Okay, I was like, good. oh, this is hilarious. I was just wondering if that would be scary, like, as a kid, you're like, oh, because no. we just recently had the penny situation. Was Lynn Mom- Lennon, I don't know. She was scared at first because she thought they might have to cut her, is what mm. she said. She's had some... Gotcha. I don't very know. Reasonable. Sometimes they do. Yeah. And then um, she... We didn't do a very good job of, like, actually sorting through. She'll, like... She'll go poop and then not tell us. So... Oh, right. The, you know, the chances of us finding it were slim anyway, and I'm thinking it's probably passed by now. For sure. Um, hoping, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, so yours, mom found it. Yeah, and I, we kept it for a while. We sanitized <laughs> it. It was a Canadian quarter, which I remember particularly. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why I was looking at it. <laughs> I was like, this one's different. <laughs> yeah, and then, and so it was like the stomach acid had, like, eaten at it, right? It was like a different color Yeah, I think it was a little discolored. I, I can't remember if that was the stomach acid or the, <laughs> something later on in the gotcha. process. But, um, anyway, yeah, not that that even matters so much. Okay, so then going on. To, um, let's say, like, bus days. Yeah. Which I've already told my story on here, so everyone, I'm sure, is all caught up in listening to every single oh. episode. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, so, what are, what were those memories like for you? Um, for me, those memories were kind of contrasting the what I get for the narrative of the rest of the kids is that I was actually pretty, I felt pretty nonchalant about it. Like it was just like what was happening and I didn't have a whole lot of emotional attachment at the time to like that that's what was happening. And considering my age, that makes a little bit more sense. You guys were a little bit more 
getting into your teenage years. You had to be, what, seven when we started traveling? I think I was actually five. Really? Yeah, five to 11. Wow. Or, or, or 10 Around that time. Yeah. Okay. Because how, how old were you? I, I was 10 to 15. So that would have put me around six to... Six to... Um, yeah, six to 11. That six to 11, yeah. Well, we kind of dabbled, you know, at the yeah. beginning there. Like, what what are we doing? Are we going to travel around? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I, I, I just used to love the feeling of falling asleep on the road, mm-hmm. falling asleep while we were driving. That was really, really great. But something I've been noticing lately is the impact of... The impact of having so many stop-and-go relationships is that I don't... I realized that I don't really hold friendships the same way that a lot of people do, where I'm pretty much like, sometimes I'll just like, be done. I'll be done and I'll just like, move on. Yeah. You know? And people are like, what happened? And and, I, and I'm realizing like, oh, I just learned that from having this sort of safety net of relationships only last this long and then totally. move on. I relate with that a lot because I feel like I don't have the same, and maybe it's a personality thing too. Like, I don't have the same desire to be constantly connected mm-hmm. to every friend that I can... Like, I am okay if we go a year with not me and you necessarily, but, like, <laughs> I need you more than that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, if, if I don't check in with someone and then a year later I'm like, I see them, like, oh my gosh, how are you? Like, let's mm-hmm. catch up. That's fine with me. But I realize a lot of people don't see it that way. Yeah, for they, a lot of people, it's like, if you don't show up consistently... Yeah. There's, there's like, there's a problem, you know, and that's tough for me to deal with because if that would have been how I held relationships, there would be way too many, there'd be way too many problems going on. You know, I'd be like, I'd be like, so-and-so from, from Pennsylvania didn't, didn't contact me me after, yeah, however long. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I just hold it as like, oh, they're there when they're there. They're gone when they're gone. And, and then then you move on with your life. And, and so developing deep relationships has been a really fun and interesting path lately because I've been for the first time, like I've spent four years in one spot living by myself, like living, uh, you know, I have a roommate, but living on my own and, um, cultivating, you know, cultivating a group, uh, a, like a, a group relationship with, with my community and stuff like that. And it's been really interesting. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. Yeah. That's really interesting. Is that something that you think you want to like adopt the way that, I would say they think and like be someone who shows up consistently for every person you're connected to, or is it something that you're like okay um, with the way it is? You remember the cell phone company thing where it was like five friends are in your? Yeah, it's like that for me. I have five friends that are that are in my core group, and then if uh, if you can handle um, me showing up when I do show up, and I can handle you showing up when you show up without making a big fuss about it, I'm totally down to be uh, to be a friend with you, you know, and and to be like there when we do see each other. And, but I, but I do, I admittedly, I don't do well with, with, um, people who I, who I'm not in that kind of core group with that need me to show up consistently where it's like, uh, I only have so much space, you know, in my life to be like consistently hanging out with people Right. where, and I also, you know, where I also have like a full-time job, getting a second job. I'm an introvert. Yeah. Introverted, just like need some alone time. So, but. Yeah, that is, that's interesting, and maybe it can be some perspective for maybe anyone who's listening that's the other way, that's like, what, they don't care about me because they don't, it's like, well, maybe it's not that, you know, maybe it's just, I know I've felt that before, like, maybe I've felt that from people being like, 
you cared about me in this season, but now you don't care about me. And it's like, well, I didn't have three kids and pregnant yeah. with another. And, you know, I didn't have, a, it's a whole different situation. So. Yeah. People I like a lot some have reached out and been like, you know, like, why don't we hang out? Like, we have fun when we hang out. And, and they, you know, they, yeah. they feel confused and maybe like, like something's, something's going on. And I try to, you know, I try my best to explain my position. <laughs> Because I want to be respons- I want to be responsible for my relationships and stuff, but you know, sometimes yeah. I'm like the whole context is just we're living in different worlds about what a friend is. Yes. Know? Oh, that's yeah. good. But I guess that wasn't even answering the bus. Well, no, that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. think that's a good takeaway from it. And the after that, the season after that, so you would have been 11. We moved to Kansas City. What are what are some what are some highlights for for you about that? Um, first time living in a suburb. Learning, you know, that was that was kind of another beginning of like making friends. I had uh, two neighbor friends. One was, you know, Dominic Baber. Oh wow, and, uh, yeah. And one was named Patrick, and Patrick was, you know, less of a good friend and more of just a proximity friend. Okay. <laughs> you know what Sorry, I mean? Like, Patrick. He, he lived in the neighborhood. I, I highly doubt he'll he'll be watching this. I totally this. forgot about Dominic. Yeah, but Dominic was awesome. Like, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was more so. That was more so me. Um, Beginning my journey out of my imaginative world of of uh, play and into the world of like peers and um, you know the beginning of, of uh, you know how, like starting to think of like oh um, that girl was really attractive or like that girl was cute you know that whole world which I was completely unprepared for oh not in a self victimizing way just in a yeah. way that was like never had very much interaction with. With the uh, you know the opposite sex on the road, other than your sister. Well, yeah, tons of sister interactions, but but lot like not so much. Um, I, sisters, I guess you have two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean me, me and Brooke didn't talk to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so just you know, it's just been like a learn. It's just been like a steep learning curve, I think, and that and that still being homeschooled for that time led to. Um, it all kind of led to the point of moving to Colorado and starting high school. And that was where it all sort of, you know, everything kind of accumulated. And um, it was like this intense learning experience, intense learning experience of how to be in a, in a social peer uh, setting. Because then you went to school. Yeah, exactly. I went to this charter school for the first time, freshman year. Everybody in my class had been in junior high together. Wow. You know, a, class, a graduating class of, or, a, you know, a, a class of 71 people. Wow. So tighten it. And I was like, okay. And you're the 71st. <laughs> and I was the 71st. <laughs> they, were, they were 70 together. They were 70 together. Nice round number. Yeah. Yeah. So it was sort of, um, that was probably the hardest, that was probably the hardest thing was just learning how to cope, learning how to learn the rules of, um, of social groups and popularity and which table you sit at, what that wow. means. Um, you know, that I was a thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I went in there oh and the, and the nerd, the more nerdy group accepted me first as you would expect. Right. Cause you're very intellectual. You're very smart. I'm very open to, to all sorts of people. And so I might sit with them having a fine time and, uh, and then, you know, a couple days go by and then I hit it, you know, somebody in the popular group I like hit it off with or whatever. Or, you know, they kind of berate me in class and I respond wittily. Right. You know, because they're like, what are you doing here? Why'd you come? And what do you like? And, and just asking a bunch of questions from the class. And I just was like popping off answers as, yeah. uh, you know, to be funny. Like, um, 
so I guess at that moment they they you know they were like sit with us at lunch. And you're and you're and like, so okay. I was like fine, and then you know from across the way the, the other the other group is like don't sit with them. You know it's like that's what the, the that's the beginning of a bad road. What? And uh, and so I was like, you guys, it's it's fine. I can sit with them. And uh, but it turns out the the click really, you know, it really kind of decides who's open to you. And that's what I didn't know. It's like who you sit with decides who's open to you. And so those, you know, so those people that I sat with at first, they like kind of didn't really show up for me anymore. Um, and and not because I wouldn't have hung out with them, but just because you know it was just like deemed that I was in a different group. And so that type of thing is really tough for me because I because you're a nine. I despise clicks. Um, I'm a nine. Yeah. You I'm want a, everyone to feel at peace. I want harmony yes. amongst the groups, but that's just not available. And um, yeah, Frontier Academy. Right. I'll just go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it's not available. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I was just talking to this girl the other day who's twelve, and she was explaining to me the hierarchy of her school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sitting there thinking, is this real? Like, is this yeah. truly how it happens? And she's like, you know, everyone knows what group they're in. If they're in group one, two, or three, right? She's like, it doesn't mean you're not valuable. <laughs> you know what I'm like? She's like, well, but like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. She, and she's like, you know, I can fluctuate yeah. between the three, but depends on you know. And I was just yeah. like. My heart was just like, this is what I love about the bliss of my experience. Yeah. Was that I really don't think that I understood that. Sure. And I feel so bad that like, oh, it like brings me, when I start thinking about my kids going through that. And I'm like, I I don't know if this is. It's a social training camp. It's a social training camp. And to think that there isn't, I know it's a reality in the world. I know it is. But I'm like, what if I could be empowering to my kids so much that they could actually take leadership and create harmony in their social environments? Like, sure. that would just be amazing. Yeah. And I and I see that in them, you know. I, yeah. And I see that potential for in in all three of them, and potentially four. Once yeah. we see this fourth, we'll I'll see know. how they. We'll see how they. Turn. I'll know more ne- uh, soon. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like I just that's really wow. That's really insightful. That or just impactful that you just shared that. So then, um, moving, so, so how old were you then when Colorado life was disrupted? When Colorado life was like disrupted? You, did you live on your own in Colorado at all? Oh, absolutely. I actually, um, so sophomore year, I, I was actually, I was going through a really heavy depression during high school, um, because of those. Makes sense. Yeah. Just because there was like, there was a sense of like, I, I was just trying to, figure out how to do it. And, and all the while I was super suppressing my, my spirit, my personality. I was suppressing everything in order to, um, figure out the correct ways to act and the right things to say, or like the okay things to say. And so I, um, inside of that depression, I, I really got a distaste for school. And so at, when I was, I think 17, I got my GED. Um, I was already working full time at Buffalo Wild Wings. That was my first job. And, um, and I went through my coworker, through some of my coworkers, um, they were looking for a housemate. And so I decided to go ahead and move out, uh, when I was 17, wow. um, right near the UNC campus in Greeley. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. Flew the nest a little early, got my GED. I just, I figured I would rather be making money, um, than, than not make, you know, than not. Than going to school basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
because I just, yeah, I just really, dis- I despised it, and where I was coming from with it, um, it made sense that I despised it, you know, just because yeah. of how I was holding it, and and that I wasn't really letting myself be um, be me during that time. So, wow. So that was probably the, you know, that was a disruption, but it was it was also sort of the the beginning of independence and. Um, integrating the, that, you know, the long road of integrating, like, oh, well, what do I actually think? How do I feel about the world? How do I, how do I want to articulate myself in the world? So. And then, and then how long did you live in color? I, for some reason, was I, like, super busy during this time? Or, I'm like, where was I? Um, <laughs> you were waiting to get engaged. I'm pretty sure, well, well, when I lived in Colorado, you still lived at home, right? For a portion of it, I think. Did yeah. you move out while I was there? Why is all this like a black hole for me? Because there was, I think there were so many different um, things going on. Editions of when you lived there. Yeah. So yeah, because well, I only moved, lived there once for nine months, and I slept on the couch. I must have lived there. At that time. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, got engaged, and then came back to get married. Yeah. And that was in the fall of 2012. Well, I was. I would have been. The graduating class of 2015, so I would have left two two years early. So I would have left in 2013. So really, I was the reason. You know what? I know why. Huh. Did you just not go back to school, or did you like drop out during like? Um, there was I. There was something that happened where I started doing uh, an online. That's right. An online school. I think for like the second semester, or maybe okay. Maybe the first semester of of sophomore year. Yes. Um. So, or the one after that, junior yeah. year. And, uh, yeah, and just, I just realized that, you know, I could have done that, but it was, that was like a, almost like a homeschool co-op feel to it. Yeah. You know? Well, that makes sense because I now, so that would have been when I was pregnant, my first pregnancy, mm-hmm. miscarrying. So I, I realized why I was. Probably not. I remember life, yeah. mom, yeah, I was kind of consumed with my own self at that moment. And How I, dare I, you. I know, right? <laughs> and mom was really that week was probably, she explains it as the hardest week of motherhood for her because every single one of her kids was going through something really intense. Yeah. And I don't remember what everyone was going through. Yeah. But I just remember being like, but I need you here with me. (laughs) I know they're going through stuff, but like, please. Yeah. But yeah, so, okay. So then after that, you, I think, can't even remember when you moved to Kansas City. So four years ago. Okay. Four years ago. So after I, after I lived in Greeley at the um, at the house with like five people who all you know five people four girlfriends three dogs. Oh my gosh. Small house. It was a it was an absolute. Uh, a tight fit. Excuse my French, Ed, but how do you say garbage dump? <laughs> that's that's kind of how I describe it. Um, it was yeah, it was an, uh, really great people, but awful uh, living environment. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so I moved up to uh, call, uh, to Fort Collins. So I moved in That's with right. Jake's old neighbors. Okay. Right. Um, that was and that was a really fun time. We were like, you know, much more of like the CS like the CSU college town. We would do shenanigans. Like we made an igloo one time. Oh my gosh! We put an, like a, a a couch in a tree, and we would use the tree. Like we would just chill up in the in the it. couch in the tree. Wow! And just all sorts of like really funny college type. Um, interactions, you know, the college experience without college, so yeah. <laughs> minus the homework and the and the debt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, I was, so I was living there for probably around five years, on and off, and that all led to a point where I was so burnt out with work that I I um, planned this hitchhiking trip with Jake. 
And so that's, you know, that's when we started to plan for that, buy, like, buy all the, all of the, uh, necessary equipment, plan our route, um, and all that. And so that's I think crazy. it was, yeah, I think it was in... Oh, I was so stressed out about that. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just like, my baby brother's like, oh, no, no. I mean, of course you're grown adults, but it's like, yeah. I was just like, what if they itch? Like, I, no, I, I mean, I know. turned, um, I turned 19 on the trip. Right. Yeah. But I was getting married at 19, so, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we yeah. all have our things. Oh, for sure. That are too, you know. That we're too young for, but doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or should never do it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about getting married at 19, but I'm glad, I'm glad it worked for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Okay, so, so you did your hitchhike, hitchhiking trip, and then you came back and moved to Kansas City at that point? Yeah, well, I came, so I came back, um, and I lived in the RV with mom and dad in, in, uh, Fort Collins. Okay. For a little bit while I got back on my feet. I bought a van to renovate, to travel around in, and to live in, because I was fresh off of this, like, sort of hippie voyage. And, um... I remember that. Yeah, so I got it all renovated as best I could, which, you know, wasn't actually great, but it was, like, it was all right. And I worked at Chipotle for a couple months and just saved up money. And, and then I came to visit... And at that point, I, I guess I just started to consider what it would be, what it would be like to live there because Colorado had been really stale for me. And Jordan and Nat were here. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they directed me actually to the cafe where I work and, yeah. you know, they just said I would love it. And I, um, ended up asking for an application. Wow. Went back to Colorado. Didn't think I got it. They called me. And so it basically, it, within a week, I had gotten a job offer, sold my van, <laughs> Packed everything that I owned into a Cavalier convertible, 1996 Cavalier convertible. Drove across Kansas in the heat where the top wouldn't go up. Oh. Sunburned my whole body Did on really? one side. Yeah, yeah. Oh so, my gosh! So I got in. And here. that drive is not like there's no shade. I'm very surprised my car didn't break down. It's yeah. a miracle. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, so then I just couch surfed, and then and then that kind of led me into. Where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're like, stable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you've got your life. Yeah. Started off as a dishwasher, made my way, made my way through this, like, company that I really, really, um, believe in. And, um, and now I'm, you know, and now I'm, like, sort of a, it's so strange. I've, I've watched myself go from, like, the new, young, uh, you know, I'm still young, but I was, like, the new, like, the new youngest person of the crew. And I've watched myself become a senior member yeah. of this restaurant. I've watched everybody kind of circle out while yeah. I, and now I'm managing the bar. And I, awesome. I have this, it's like, you know how the older you get, you move a little bit further back from the center in Christmas, at Christmas? Yes. It kind of feels like that, where it's like the kids are opening the presents in the yeah. middle, and I'm like, Aww. whoa, this is surreal. I've never yeah. experienced this before. Oh, that is a really good perspective. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and the cafe, what's, what is something about it, or what is it, if you can encapsulate it in words, like, what is it about it that you feel so ex- excited by? Yeah, well, I guess in, in terms of the, in terms of the working, like, the job force, it's like, um, it's a breath of fresh air for me in that the cornerstones of it are personal responsibility, personal empowerment, um, the, like, the possibility of coming at life as, um, as basically not being a victim, Mm. you know? And that to me, the hallmark of a good life would be looking back and saying, you know, that's my life. It's not, it's not my trauma's life. It's not my, um, the circumstances that happened to me. You know, I don't want to be looking back saying like, 
my life is what happened to me. I want it to be like, here's what I did with what happened. Yeah. And, and their way of looking at life is completely aligned with that. And so for me, it's been just a breath of fresh air inside of like healthy work environment, um, personal development, personal growth. Um, cause when I moved here, I was really like a universal pluralist, you know, sort of like far, not that far left is bad, but just like, a, you know, very, um, on the emotional you side. You were like of, riding that pendulum. Yeah. Just like, yeah. oh, it's all peace <laughs> and love. Like everybody should just kind of like whatever. And it's all just kind of heaps of like indif- indifferent, um, uh, stuff. And, you know, it was like hard to have a conversation with me at that time, I think, because I didn't really get the well, like value, like there's a hierarchy of value that, that is traded in society and, and coming at life from an empowered point is sort of, um, it gives you access to, to the, to that value, you know, and, and being clear about who you are, being clear about what you want, all that stuff is, is, uh, our access points. So I, you know, I don't know if that makes perfect sense, but yeah, it makes sense to me just watching it on, like, I'm sure that people who've never experienced or been into the cafe or like, you know, they're thinking restaurant, it's so different from just like the traditional restaurant. It's not just a business. It's a, the food is just an avenue to do what they want to do. And I think, I mean, the the food, the building, all of it is just an avenue for people to be really, I would say the focus is so much on the the people working there yeah, and the transformation. I think that's been, I know, oh gosh, oh my God, you know how I feel about the whole bowl. I do know. And I love the whole bowl. It's like this most delicious food. I might have to go get some today. Mm-hmm. Is Zesty back yet? No, it's um, Zesty. So there's also this appetizer and it is a spicy cauliflower and it's all vegan and it's all um, mostly gluten-free. Yeah, all um, organic, all made in-house. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so good. So if you ever get the chance, there's one in Kansas City, but there's also one in, I believe, San Diego. Um, right? Maybe in San Diego, definitely one in L.A. Maybe um, that's what I was and there's, a, and there's another restaurant called Gracias Madre, which okay. is out there, and that's a really good spot as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, okay, so then moving into, like, what's next for you, do you have any vision or any, like, you know, I don't know, I'm kind of feeling this, like... For sure. Um, yeah, it's still it's still not super clear for me um, what what's next. Like, right, right now, the small, you know, small-term plan is, since the restaurant industry is really volatile during the COVID thing, this is a pretty crazy time, um, I'm working pretty much full-time there trying to keep the restaurant staff keep everything working with these new guidelines and all that um but in the meantime i'm kind of diversifying my job front so i'm, I'm starting to train with a glass recycling oh. uh, job which i don't think i've even told you no about. i didn't even know that so just trying to like stay a little bit diverse with my income yeah for um, sure but as far as long-term plan um i think this is a time for me to just get like honing in on what, uh, what I want to pro like what gift I want to give to the world and how I want to, what I want my life to be for. And that's been a daunting conversation, but I don't think that you can really begin. Um, I don't think you can really begin until you know that mm. or until you're, you know, active in that conversation. Well, and I think it's so cool that you were just sharing how like this, this time has been such a time of like figuring out like, you know, you can't give, I mean, you can, but your, your gift, giving out of neediness 
would never go as far as giving out of contribution or giving out of love. Absolutely. And so I think it's so cool to see how, like, I mean, even in my own life, I feel like I have this so much, of course, we always have, like, you know, progress that we hope to make for ourselves, but, like, the progress of, oh, my gosh, like, I can have this conversation, you know, a conversation, and I'm not constantly thinking about me in that conversation is, like, just how much more valuable we can give in the world. So now that it's, like, you've got you Mm -hmm. kind of grounded and, like, you know, figured out somewhat, (laughs) like, you know, where you, what you want out of life and, you know, or at least I'm stumbling over my words, but at the baseline of what I'm trying to say is whenever, whatever you do going out of this season, it's going to be so cool because you're, you're ready to like, you know, get out of the overflow. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, kind of in the same way that I was saying like life, I want to look back on my life and say like, it was, you know, like really claim it. Yeah. You know, rather than be uh, something that life happened to, I really want to give it a good squeeze, you know? It's, like, I think aligned with, like, in line with that is, like, um, we can, we, it's it's really a, there's a lot of beliefs out there and a lot of narratives that say that it's one way outside. The American, it's either the American way or it's the, it's the Christian way or it's the, and, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's all great and perfect, but it, in addition to those narratives, there's also that life is um, malleable. Like, what life is for you, the context of what life is, is malleable. And you get to create for yourself what it means. And I think the deeper you dive into what you value and what is important to you, the deeper and more complex and nuanced that meaning that you have will be. And I, And I think, you know, one of my one of my goals or dreams is to really dive into the novelty of my own spirit, my own personality and create a beautiful, a really beautiful and meaningful experience for myself and others. And, um, and just finding unique ways to do that is, is paramount, you know, just finding unique offerings because, um, I think, I think everybody finds out at some point, whether it's on their deathbed or earlier, hopefully that it's not about what you get. It's not about what you get in life, you know, you can't take it with you. And so it's more so about like these experiences that you cultivate or experiences that you cultivate with, um, with the people that you love. And the more I can let go of the day-to-day frustrations or concerns or, um, inner monologues, the more I can focus on that bigger picture of like, okay, we have a limited amount of time here. It's, it's really gonna, it's really gonna end, you know? And inside of that, it's like, there's really the possibility of meeting each other inside of that inescapable sort of world. It's like we could see each other with that end in sight and it can really add to the presence and it can add to the sanctity of it. And so I just, you know, I want to be an offering of that. This is a really special experience that not, that not everybody gets to have, you know? (laughs) So yeah. Even if it's short, even if it's hard, just, you know, that's what I, that's what I would like to presence is like, holy cow, this is, <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> this is novel and this is, um, really vibrant and, and happening in front of our eyes. And it's, it's, I want to help, uh, empower people to not become stale or at least to, you know, true up again. True up. True up. Hashtag true up. True up. Is that an actual term? 
I, I think, you know, point it? I think someone might own it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, but anyway, that's. I love that's it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for coming on my podcast. Absolutely, it was a blast. Yeah, and um, where can people find you? Do you have an Instagram? I got a handle. I can't remember what it is. It's oh it's oh my Josh nine six okay uh nine six okay <laughs> get in there yeah I don't post often but but you do have great posts when you post awesome as yeah. far as like it's fun to see your art and oh thank you you know. Whatever else you feel inspired. Yeah, the doodle, the, you know, the random. You're flower. a doodler. We I'm have a, that in common. I'm a mega doodler for sure. I'm more of a word doodler. You're yeah. more of a little like shape doodler. Yeah, yeah. But we doodle nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> We're doodle whoppers, one and all. Doodle whoppers. There you have it. Oh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And um, next, we get to hear from my plan is to have Brooke on next, oh, and then. My sister-in-law, Natalie, and then we're going to get into grandparents, and I cannot wait to hear grandparents. Their perspectives are going to be so, so unique, and um, I just, I'm really looking forward to that. So, all right.